As a student at Cornell in 1992, I was required to take a physical science class as part of my degree. Although my major was psychology, I always had a love for both the squishy sciences, such as biology, and the hard sciences, such as physics, even though I couldn't always wrap my head around them fully. I chose to take the most popular science class at the school to fulfill my requirement, astronomy. For this particular class, I had to sign up a year in advance and was lucky to be at the top of the wait list. When it opened, I was thrilled. On the first day, the professor entered the room wearing a turtleneck and blazer. On the overhead projector, there was a slide showing an image of space with a pale blue dot in the middle. As he stood in front of the standing room only class that included people who were not even enrolled, just here to listen to him, he tells us in a voice with an accent that seems to be only specific to him. Look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you have ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings, how eager they are to kill one another, how fervent their hatreds. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in a glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe, are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit, yes. Settle, not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling, character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known. Around the room, we all had the gerbils fall off our wheels and our brains as we wrestled with this. The photo of the pale blue dot was taken February 14, 1990 from the Voyager spacecraft 3.7 billion miles away just beyond Neptune as the spacecraft exited the solar system. It was the last time its camera would ever be pointed back towards home. It is the ultimate family portrait. The professor was instrumental in Voyager's mission. He had been a leading scientist at NASA, 
and it was his idea to put cameras on the Voyager for the purpose of illustrating the fragility of the pale blue dot. The professor had also placed on board a golden record and a record player. Printed on the record are images of humans and how to find that particular mote of dust in a sunbeam. A message to any other extraterrestrial beings that might find Voyager. A way to expand their own pale blue dot. While this, of course, is my fictional account of sitting in Carl Sagan's classroom, as a funeral director, this rings true. There are few groups on the pale blue dot more privy to the fragility and folly of human existence. We have to take care of each other. That is the purpose of funeral service, and that's why I do it. On December 20th, 1996, Carl Sagan died of pneumonia as a result of two years of treatments for Mylodes plastics syndrome, or MDS, a type of cancer in which immature blood cells never mature. On that day, the world lost maybe the best science teacher the pale blue dot had ever known. He is the reason for the Funeral Science Podcast and why I get up in front of my class every day. The treatment for MDS is bone marrow transplants, as a bone marrow is where blood cells are born. Carl Sagan underwent this treatment three times. His doctor remarked, I have never seen a person finish reading a book during bone marrow transplants, but Carl wrote two during that time. This included the seminal work on critical thinking, the demon-haunted world, science as a candle in the dark, and of course, The Pale Blue Dot, which is the sequel to his most well-known work, Cosmos. One can tell that Cosmic Carl was coming to grips with his time on the Pale Blue Dot when he wrote, Science is not only compatible with spirituality, it is a profound source of spirituality. Happy birthday, Carl. If we had ever met, I'd tell you that my birthday is the day after yours. You'd probably remind me that birthdays are random dates assigned to the time you were born, but we both still think it was fun.